You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I hope everyone had a great weekend. There was a lot of basketball this weekend, so there's a lot to talk about, but I got to try to condense it within this 30-minute window. But before I get started, I wanted to thank each and every person for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day, and in this case, your first listen of the week. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's... Before I get started, I want to talk briefly about my weekend. I am in Barcelona. I've been here a week now. Had a chance to go to a EuroLeague game. And then on Saturday, I was looking forward to going to watch Barcelona's B team. And Barcelona's B team is a team pretty much made up of young guys, some of the best prospects in Europe are, are on this team. I mean, they do a really good job of, of developing certain players. Not all the players are actually from Barcelona. So I wanted to get like a better and deeper understanding of how their second team works and then just see some of the guys that are young and up and coming. Not necessarily saying that they're all would be NBA prospects, but some of the best prospects in Europe. And so while I'm here in, in Europe learning the system and how the junior levels works is, is one of my main one of my main goals. So I had this crazy experience. I, I looked up the schedule. They're playing a team called Girona. Well Girona was in the news recently because Mark Gasol is reportedly I guess he's like the president of the team and he's gonna play for them and it's in the, the second division in Spain as far as their senior club. So I looked at the records and Girona was like six and one and Barcelona was undefeated. So this was like the first two teams in this particular division of, it's called, I heard some people call it EBA. I'm looking at it as EBA, but it's like the fourth division of basketball in Spain. Some teams have guys in their mid-20s, and then like for Barcelona, I mean, their team is mostly guys that are teenagers. So I looked at the map, and it was about 50, 50 or 60 miles away. And then also, while I'm here, I'm struggling adjusting to kilometers and miles. So uh, whenever I pull up the app on my phone, because I'm obviously an American, it's going to show me miles. But then when I'm looking you know, at the signs here, it's going to say kilometers. So I think a kilometer is, I think 62 kilometers is 100 miles or something like that. I could be wrong. So anyway, I take the train. I thought that I had mastered the the train system, at least the local train, but Girona was outside of the city. And to make a long story short, I don't want to bore you with the story. I got on the wrong train. I mean, I was headed in the right direction in a sense, but I was on a train that was going parallel to the train that I needed to be on. I ended up getting off after about five stops. And my plan was to get to the game early. And the, the way I was headed, it didn't look like it was possible for me to get to the game before it ended so I made the decision of getting off and then trying to catch a cab realistically I probably should have just turned around but I had met the director of scouting for Barcelona a few days earlier and then he connected me with I guess the team manager for Girona and 
let them know that I was going to be there. So they gave me access to film and a ticket and they told me that the game was going to be packed. So I wanted to keep my word, decided to take a cab. <sighs> and I'm still mad thinking about it, but it was the most expensive cab ride of my life. I don't even want to get into the details of how expensive it was, but put it like this. It was just as expensive as buying a brand new pair of Jordans <laughs> or a pair of Air Max. It was it was pretty expensive. So I kept my word, ended up going to the game and I wanted to see James Naji and Gail Bonilla play. These are two of the the best prospects in Spain. And uh, I mean the game didn't disappoint. It was a well, the score, it was a blow. I don't remember the exact score, but I, even though it was expensive, I still felt like it was somewhat worth the the price that I paid to get to see these guys. I was able to film, so I have some highlights. I, I got some pictures, and Gail Bonilla is a, a prospect that kind of stood out to me the most. He is from Mexico, about 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's just physically more advanced than a lot of the other players around his age group, wide shoulders. And what I liked about him was that he's pretty skilled. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can pass, has the, the body type to be able to play three and four. I don't know where he's at as far as being an NBA prospect right now. This season will tell, but I think that he definitely has a, a bright future playing basketball in Europe, or if he ever decides to go back to Mexico. And then there's James Naji, who is, I like to say he is the, I want to say it, it's kind of lazy to say this. He is the Spanish version of Jalen Duran, but he's actually not Spanish. I think he's Nigerian, but he's been playing here in Spain the last few years. I mean, this dude is ripped. <laughs> so you think of Jalen Duran's body. This kid has pretty much the same frame. He's also only 17 years old. I mean, just a, I mean, just physically intimidating paint presence. Um, because the game ended up being a blow, I didn't really get to see much from him as far as offensive production. I had notes on him from last year. He still is a little raw. I mean, he's just a guy that's going to impact games with his physicality on offensive rebounds and just, you know, being bigger and stronger than everybody else. I don't really see a lot of skill at this point, but those were two of the guys that I, I was looking forward to seeing. I'm actually going to write a, a more detailed version of this trip on my on my blog. And then also I have a vlog. If you had a chance to check it out. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, please check it out. It's on my YouTube channel. Just type in NBA Draft Junkies. And it's a vlog where it's uh, me and my wife. And it's called Barlow's Abroad. And where we are um, just kind of documenting our, our travels as newlyweds while my wife is here supporting me as I chase this dream to try to be the one of the best, if not the best, international basketball scout. And in order for me to, to get that, I, I know I needed to to make that move across the water. So here I am. So check that out. I mean, it has a combination. At least the first episode kind of covers us getting married in Paris. It has a little bit of basketball in it. But going forward, there'll definitely be more basketball. All right. So that was kind of my... I guess kind of my update on where I'm at here in Spain. But when we return, you know I have to talk about the great weekend in college basketball, Jaden Ivey. I thought that if there was a prospect that, I mean, Jaden Ivey was already highly regarded, but if there was a prospect that I felt like really helped himself out, 
it was Jaden Ivey. But let's talk about prize picks. If you're an NBA fanatic, I'm sure you've heard of prize picks. But if you haven't, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I really love what they've done here. And I think you will too. Because it is the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other prop operator. And offers the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. So Prize Picks offers pretty much any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And all of the users that use our promo code NBA will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But you have to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and are over or under on their projections. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it is just you versus the projected numbers. And it also, or prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. So you can take LeBron or the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes and the same entry. So use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made 60 seconds, just 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize picks is safe and it offers what you're probably wanting to know fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. All right, I want to ask you a question. Are you the guy that has one device that lets you catch the game live? Another that lets you stream your favorite shows? One that you're watching sports highlights on your phone? And one you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff? If that is you, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally, finally... Get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and the on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. This means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device or use your old iPhone. And the best part is that there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Of course, you need a compatible device and the content varies by package. All right. Thanks again for listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies.com. And even though I am in Spain, even though the time difference is. About six hours from here to Dallas, where I'm from, I still found time to watch some college basketball. And the player that I thought had the best weekend in college basketball was Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Purdue ended up beating North Carolina and Villanova. And uh, Jaden Ivey had a, a huge week. I don't want to call it a breakout weekend because he was arguably the best returning player in college basketball. So it's not like he was... An unknown, just the, the platform that he was on with, with two games against ranked opponents. I thought this was a good test for him as far as just seeing where he ranks as a prospect. And man, it is hard, hard, definitely hard to leave him out of the lottery. I mean, I think he's a top 10 pick. You know, the numbers, I actually, I'll read the numbers out to you. He was 11 for 26 from the floor, 4 of 10 from 3, 6 of 7 free throws, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, and only two turnovers. So that equals out to about 16 points, eight and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. He shot 42% from the floor, but more impressively, 40% from three. 
Although it was on, you know, a decent amount of attempts, 10 attempts per game, I think the biggest question mark about his game this season was how much was he going to improve as a shooter from three. And the 40% on 10 attempts, that is definitely a good sign and going into the right direction. Now, it's just far as some of the notes that I have. I mean, it was very obvious and evident that his blow by speed and his burst along with his competitive fire and motor just stood out. I mean, he operates on a totally different level than most than everybody else on the floor. His energy and the, just how hard he plays and his effort levels, I feel like they're contagious. Like you can't help but raise your level of intensity when you're on the floor with with Jaden Ivey. And when I when I watch him like visually he kind of looks like Ja Morant in a sense. Now, he's not the passer as Morant as far as just being a creative passer. He does have some decent passing instincts, but he's not on Morant's level. But he reminds me of Russell Westbrook. And the reason I say that is because, like with Westbrook and even Morant, their athleticism, motor, and just their overall competitiveness impacts games, even if they're having a bad shooting night. Just the energy and effort levels they bring every night. And that's not something that, I mean, it's a skill set. It's not something that you can teach because that inner fire or drive that they have is is something that separates them from other guys that are, you know, really good athletes and explosive and, and, and you know, just have the same physical attributes. And it's kind of like I, I had a, a conversation with someone about Giannis, and I know this is kind of off subject, but... I think that just overall skill for skill, Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns are more skilled than Giannis. I don't think that's much of a debate. But Giannis has this extra, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Like Anthony Davis has a great motor, great, great motor. But Giannis has a little bit of something extra on top of great as far as when you combine his motor and his mindset And that, to me, is the reason why he has two MVPs and he's led a team to a championship while the other two guys, you know, when when they're the focal point of their teams, they haven't been nowhere near as successful. But anyway, I digress. And as far as like Jaden Ivey, one of the things that that he does that that just kind of reminds me of, of Westbrook or even Morant is the way he rebounds like he is an excellent rebounding guard. And what makes him so great is that he doesn't allow the rebounds to come to him. He goes out and gets the rebounds. And then once he gets the rebounds, he has the speed and the mindset to turn another team's missed shot into a personal fast break. So miss a shot and he gets the rebound. He is looking to go downhill. And when he's going downhill, that's when he's most effective because he's able to score in transition but he also has the court vision to to find open shooters. And so that's where he excels. And that's why I think the NBA is even going to be better for him because he'll have better floor spacing. He'll he'll be able to just get downhill and attack and make plays. Now, as far as his passing, I think that he is a good passer. I wouldn't say he's um, someone that is going to make a lot of plays out of pick and roll where he's being patient and manipulating the defense. He's just going to create havoc on defenses because of his ability to get downhill and attack and his speed just creates so many different matchup problems or so many problems for the defense. Now one of the things that I 
I will say that is somewhat of a concern. And it's kind of like with Westbrook. He does have a tendency to play wild and out of control. He does often drive without a plan. Sometimes he ends up on the floor, which can leave the roster unbalanced while he's picking himself up from the, you know, he's in the camera row. And then he misses a shot, and then it ends up leading like a five-on-four fast break. But that is something that I guess, you know, you, you can live with because he does so much good. But, again, he does, I think, struggle with reading the second line of defense. And I think that he puts a lot of pressure not only on defenses but referees because there's going to be a lot of 50-50 calls, whether it's a block or a charge, because he's always looking to, to get downhill. I did think that Villanova did a good job of defending him. He was only 3 of 9 from the floor that game. They were very disciplined as far as packing the paint on him. They knew that he liked to drive right, and um, and he, he had some wild shots, and he wasn't the most uh, efficient as far as finishing around the basket that game. And then as far as like his shooting, I still am not like a big believer in his shot right now, but he was making them. Like I said, he made four out of ten from three, and he was really good with his feet set. With his feet set, I think he made one or two off the dribble, and then one of his misses was like a heave at the at the end of a half. So, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent a believer in his shot, but he did enough to where you're like, okay, you know, he's he's put in the work. If I go back to his passing. I think that. He's going to make a living racking up assists as a, a driving kick passer. I don't really know how, even though he did have one play to ED out of pick and roll that I thought was pretty impressive, but I think he's going to be more so of a Westbrook type passer where he's going to pile up assists and get good numbers, but it's just all based off of his aggressiveness and driving and kicking. So I thought Jaden Ivey had a really, really good weekend. Again, I'll read the numbers out to you. 16 points, 8.5 rebounds, 6.5 assists. But the 13 assists and only two turnovers really stood out to me. All right, when we return, I want to take a trip down under, talk about the French connection, Hugo Basson. I'm trying to get the little the accent twist right. Hugo Basson and Ousmane Jang, both of them collectively had impressive performances for the New Zealand Breakers down in the NBL. I think it's called like the NBL Blitz. But before I get into the French connection, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. And you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. It is three days away. Unfortunately, I won't be celebrating Thanksgiving because I'm in Spain and I'm in a hotel. I don't know where I can get a turkey from. But if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, and all the good foods and treats, and I know there's going to be plenty of them, and maybe you're looking for a, a good dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar, I would suggest to you to try a Built Bar, because Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. So feast on something delicious and actually feel good about it. Don't feel guilty about, you know, all the food you ate, because like, for example, a slice of pie is upwards to 300 calories, and that's pretty much on the low end, while most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, and they also pack plenty of protein, so you can replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. I know that's tough to do, but trust me on this one. If you're looking to save some calories, Built Bar is an option because they also have good flavors, and the flavors can actually replace any pie because... One, they're 100% real chocolate, they're low calories, low carb, low fat, 
high protein and Bill Bar is just a great option when you're hungry. So Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough. You still have a few days left. Go grab a Bilt Bar too. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things a little less awkward. So maybe your Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Bilt Bar yet. So offer her a Bilt Bar. And there's new surprises for the for the remainder of the month. Limited flavors arriving at Bilt.com regularly. There's nothing like a Bilt Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be huge with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off at built.com. All right, this is Rafael Barlow, and I wanted to take a trip down under, talk about the French connection that is planned in Australia, where they're actually playing in the league based out of Australia, but they're playing in New Zealand. It is Hugo Besson. How you like that accent there? And Usman Jang. First, I'll talk about Besson. I thought that he played great. I think he's a he's a sneaky first-round pick. He's someone that I've mentioned before that I was kind of late to the party on him. And then I, I did a video on him on, on YouTube a few weeks back. But he's one of my favorite players in this draft. I mean, he looked really, really good in, in the game. What's interesting about him is that he's a righty. But it seemed like this game he played left-handed. I mean, he did most of his damage attacking the rim, going to the left. And whether it was scoring off the dribble, pull-up jumpers, knocking down threes. I mean, he was he was a tough matchup to handle. And one of the things I like most about him is he is like this sneaky athlete. So when you watch him, you're, you're wondering, like, how is he getting to the basket? He's not like blowing by you with a lightning quick first step or he doesn't have like that Jaden Ivy burst but he somehow manages to get to the rim and he's always under control one play that really stood out he attacked the closeout and he drove to his right which was one of the few times that he drove right and finished with like this sneaky baseline dunk over defender so he is one of my favorite prospects again like he was able to get what he wanted and it looked like he just decided to play left-handed. There were a couple plays where he looked a little bit indecisive off the dribble. But for it to be his first game, I, I thought that, you know, he was, if I had to grade him, I'd give him an A. And then there's Usman Jang, who put up 18 points, 9 rebounds. And he was someone that I was a little bit concerned about coming into the season. I wonder how would they maximize his, his talent and his skill set. I made the comparison that he could end up in the same situation as R.J. Hampton was when he was in New Zealand, where he ended up standing in the corner a lot, not really involved in the actions because they had two other guards that were ball handlers that needed the ball, and R.J. was kind of left as the odd man out. So I feared that would be the situation with Jang, but so far, I mean, it's only one game. That did not look to be the case. They ran a lot of plays. For him, where he was able to get into action and get downhill, um, there was um, he scored in transition, um, but there were plays where he was just basically like the secondary ball handler. I wouldn't even say secondary, but they. I just thought they did an excellent job of getting him involved. He may start off in the corner, then they got him with like um, getting the ball off dribble handoffs, where he was able to get in in the middle. And from there, I thought he made some really good reads as a passer. Everything that you've been hearing about him as like this intriguing prospect was on display because of his size and ball handling. I mean, 6'8", 6'9", was comfortable handling the ball, made quite a few live dribble skip passes. One concern, it's his three. I mean, he, I think he was like, 
I mean, he he was not efficient as far as knocking down the catch-and-shoot threes. He missed the corner three. I know he made one from the slot. He was one of five from three, but one of them was was a heave at the end of the the half. But I love how he played with pace, um, and he just knows when to play fast, when to attack, and when to probe. He definitely has the upside to be a, a really good decision maker or playmaker out of out of pick and rolls again we're talking about a kid that's maybe like 18 years old and he's 6'9 with the ball handling skills now if there was uh, another knock I'd say that he wasn't getting elevation on his pull-up I think if that's something that he can work on if he can continue to get elevation on his pull-up jumper then he's really going to be dangerous because there's not many guys that are going to be able to to defend that he should be able to shoot over the top of smaller defenders well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. But before I sign out, I want to talk to you about Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, NBA Draft Junkies. You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. And I guess this is the point in the show where I say, I'm out.